There you are. Glad you stopped by. I'm Peter Alsop, and this is my Songs to Chew podcast. Today's song comes from my fan club favorites album. It's called Erica Levine, and it was written by one of my very dear old friends, Bob Blue. Throughout history, in many different cultures, women have been treated like property. Fathers would have to pay a certain amount of money or make a gift of property as a dowry to a young man who would be willing to marry his daughter and take her away as his wife. Societies passed on the idea that there was something wrong with a woman who didn't have a husband. She was incomplete or not worth anything if she wasn't married. So Bob wrote this song about a young woman who had a strong sense of her own self-worth. She didn't need to marry someone in order to feel good about herself. Erica Levine wasn't about to marry anyone until she was good and ready. So here's our song to chew for today from my 1985 fan club favorites album, Erica Levine. When Erica Levine was seven and a half Up to her door came Jason Metcalf And he said, will you marry me, Erica Levine? And Erica Levine said, what do you mean? Well, my mother and my father say a fella ought to marry And my father says his brother, who is my Uncle Larry Never married, and he said, Uncle Larry is a dope So will you marry me, said Erica Nope my piano teacher's smart and she never had to marry And your father may be right about your Uncle Larry But not being married's not what made him a dope So don't ask me again, cause the answer's still no When Erica Levine was 17 She went to the prom with Joel Bernstein And they danced till 12 and they talked till 1 and Erica thought, gee, this is fun. And on the way home, Joel kissed her at the door. And he said, do you know what that kiss is for? She said, no, I don't, but you kiss just fine. He said, what it means is that you are mine. And she said, no, I'm not. And she ran inside. And on the way home, Joel Bernstein cried. She cried too and wrote a letter to Miz saying, One thing I know is I'm mine, not his. When Erica Levine was 23, her lover said, Erica, marry me. This relationship is answering a basic need, and I'd like to have it legally guaranteed. Without your perfect love, I would surely die So why don't we make it legal, said Erica Why? Basic needs at your age should be met by you I'm your lover, not your mother, let's be careful what we do For if I ever marry, I will marry to grow Not for tradition, nor protection, nor possession No, I love you, but your needs are a very different issue Then he cried and Erica handed him a tissue was 40, she was talking to Lou, discussing and deciding what they wanted to do. When we marry, shall we move into your place or mine? Mine is rent control, but mine is on the bus line. So we argued and we talked, and we finally didn't care, and, and we, we joined, joined a tenants union down near Central Square. Square. The wedding was a simple one, we wanted it that way, we thought a lot about the things we wanted to say. I will live with you and love you, but I'll never call you mine. 
Then the judge pronounced us married and everyone drank wine. A happy ever after life is not the sort we got, but we tended to be happy more often than not. That was me singing and playing the nose flute and the tin whistle. My partner, actress-director Ellen Gear, sang Erica's part. My talented pals Michelle Browerman played synthesizer, Peter Spellman played bass, and Norm Roper played drums. Back in 1981, the societal version of how girls and women were supposed to behave themselves in order to be accepted into our predominantly male society was a bit different than it is now. We still have the problems of men involving themselves in making decisions on women's health care and taking liberties with making laws and enacting behaviors that continue to keep women in a status of being second-class citizens, but it's a little bit better now than it was when Bob Blue wrote this song. Bob also made sure that Erica's new choice for a partner was someone named Lou. Had he made her partner Bill or John, it would have been clear that she had chosen another man to live with. As it's written, Lou might be another woman, but there is no need to have to clarify that in this song. Had Erica's sexual preference been made an important part of the song back then, it would have lessened the exposure of the song in the heterosexual community. In the 80s, there was a much larger, stronger feminist and lesbian community that had been built from the 60s that was there to support the kind of messages that this song gets out onto the table. Erica did not want to be defined by someone else's definition of who she could be, regardless of their gender. She wanted an egalitarian primary relationship. And the song illustrates what that might look like for this one young woman. Hopefully it added another story to help and support other young women all over the world who simply wanted the same for themselves. Many of us, regardless of gender, grew up in families where we didn't have a strong sense of our own self-worth. We needed someone outside of ourselves to tell us that we were okay or desirable. We may have been lucky enough to have had a family member who supported us in our quest to define ourselves, sorting through the limiting binary choices with which we were presented by our patriarchal society. Or we may have searched longingly to find someone else outside of our family of origin to whom we could attach ourselves in order to find support and to explore other wider-ranging options. There still exists, in large swaths of our world, pressure from within our family environments for us to get married, to get out on our own, When our self-worth is strong, we can resist family, peer, and societal pressure to perform for them or conform to their expectations. When we learn how to set boundaries with others, we no longer allow ourselves to feel pushed or dragged into something we don't want to do. We act in our own best interests to make healthy choices for ourselves. Even something as seemingly trivial as whether or not to have wine at Erica's marriage ceremony shows up as an example of how, at celebrations and festivities marking the important events in our lives, we are still pressured and required to acquiesce to traditions that may not fit us. Do we refuse to take that ceremonial drink of alcohol because it's expected of us? Or do we once again fold so we don't disappoint others? Once we become aware of how pervasive the cultural expectations are for each of us to conform so others don't feel uncomfortable, we see pressure all around us, and it can be a very lonely struggle if we try to face it alone. Fortunately, this song models healthy, assertive behaviors in the face of other people's neediness and closed-mindedness in all areas, including religion, race, gender, sexual orientation, and the organization of our systemic collective governance, economically and socially. We can't set good boundaries for ourselves 
and take care of other people's feelings at the same time. I'm going to say that again. We can't set good boundaries for ourselves and take care of other people's feelings at the same time. When we learn and practice that as individuals, it will make its way into our social structures and systems and we'll all be better off for it, just like Erica Levine. I'm Peter Alsop. I'm so glad you stopped by. Please subscribe to this podcast. Tell your friends. Get a course going in a local college or high school using this material. And I'll see you next week for another song to chew. Bye for now.